the biggest thing, Nathan, and you did a great job of this is with private money, you really want to make that person feel comfortable in you, in the deal. It's now about the relationship with private money. Hard money, they don't care about you. They're just looking at the numbers. If it makes sense, they underwrite it. And that's their business model, but not private money. Private money is very relationship driven. So you have to do a really good job helping that person feel comfortable that their money's secure. It's safe. You know what you're doing. It's a good deal, how they're going to get paid back and all of that. And what I did is I showed them the deal. I said, hey, look, this house is worth right now if we just sold it, you know, 450, 460. I have it at this price. So your money, no matter what, guys, it's backed in a great asset. Even in a second position, it's very protected because you've got so much equity on the deal. So I have that conversation. One of the interesting things, Nathan, is uh, you'll run into this is let's say I'm borrowing 50,000, like kind of like your deal. And -hmm. it's the private money side on the balance that that 10, 15%. They'll say, well, I don't really like being in a second position. And I'll say, no problem. If you want to be in the first position, then you put up the 300,000 and you can have first position. And they'll say, well, I don't have 300,000. I said, well, that's, that's why. Nathan. Thank you for taking time to really go over this deal. And I appreciate you sharing with me your yeah. success. It's been really fun to kind of watch you. I've known you now for a while. When did you first come through Fast Track now? I think it was 2019, November. Yeah, was a couple your- years. But you and Corey came through the program. You guys are doing amazing wholesaling every month. What I love about you guys is you're virtual. You're in Utah. You do some deals there in Utah, but then you also do marketing to pretty much everywhere and anywhere. So so you guys are taking down deals like all over the country. It's kind of exciting. That's a bit of a challenging model at times because you're going into markets, you have no clues. You got to figure things out quickly and find cash buyers that way. But you guys have gotten pretty good at it. And one thing that as we've been going through some coaching and some ongoing stuff together, me with you, is talking about this idea of moving away from just doing assignments and opening up to some other options, all still within flipping, but you know, looking at now how to take down deals with some creative. When I say take down, like close on the deal, that opens up a lot of doors, right? right? And yeah. maybe some fix and flip. And then what we're gonna be talking about today is wholetailing and what's unique and special about that. So what's this journey been like, Nathan? How are you feeling right now in your business, looking at deals a little differently and saying, well, rather than just be a one trick pony and do an assignment, maybe we can do some other things. What's that been like for you? For us, when we first started, it was kind of scary to take stuff down because we weren't as confident that we could like get rid of deals. Right. And we didn't want to tie up our money and be in a position where it's like, what what happens if buy this house and we can't sell it? We don't want to get be in trouble. But anyway, through experience and this for a while, we've taken the, the scary factor out of it by understanding and being able to analyze deals correctly. Um, and with the market being pretty hot, it's not that scary. I mean, when COVID hit, like nobody really wanted to buy. Right. And now it's been like a couple of years and the properties have just been going really high in Utah. So I just feel very safe taking stuff down. Yeah. Um, I think some confidence comes along with that too. When you go from wholesaling where it's very low risk because mm -hmm. you're doing the assignment, you never really own anything. You're not doing financing. And then you move into that world of now taking title and borrowing money to take down that property fear of like, man, now there's more on the line to lose because whenever you own real estate, you increase your risk, but that just comes with progression. Like you have to be able to push yourself out of some of those comfort zones. And that's one of them. One of the things I talked to you a lot about is 
to really move up the ladder in your progression as a flipper, raising capital has to become a big priority in your business. You just can't do bigger deals unless you get comfortable with financing and learning how the financing works, learning where to find it, how to raise not just asset-based lending like hard money, but also private money. And we're going to get to that in a minute because you've done both of those on this uh, wholesale deal you did. Yeah, this is the first time I raised private money, but we can, we can get to that. So what's fun is when, and, and what I want to encourage you listening right now is when a deal comes across the table, right? Or you, you're looking at a deal, you look at, okay, well, what are my numbers? And the first thing I like to do is say, okay, what are my exit options? If, if I get in this deal, what are my possible options to exit the deal? Uh, and we're right. talking flipping right now. I mean, you could you could have an exit to keep it. And some people think about that and, and might, might think, well, this would be great for a rental. I'm going to keep this. For now, let's just focus on flipping. With this deal, as I was talking with you about it, Nathan, you really looked at three different options that would fit right. your business model and your goals. And so it was fix and flip, yeah. assignment, and wholetale. So let's talk about those three different options a little bit. This is a deal in Utah. And one of the key factors was it was super clean, meaning it yep. wasn't in really bad disrepair, which is nice when you get a clean one. I call it livable or clean. And this one was that way, right? It wasn't too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, it had the nasty paint, pink bathrooms. It was ugly. It was dated, right? You know, with the way the market is here, people are willing to buy those homes right now because of their, there's a shortage, right? So yeah. they're like, hey, I'll buy it and fix it up myself. So that's the mentality we have right now. And I've been talking quite a bit about this. When when the market's super hot, the demand for housing goes way up. And, and so then the criteria to buy for buyers goes way down. People are less choosy, they're less picky. And so then the threshold from fix and flip to distress, that distance, that margins gets a whole lot shorter meaning buyers right. will buy stuff for almost retail that needs a bunch of work done. Is The key is it's got to be livable, which is what your deal was. So if you guys are thinking about right. doing something like this, where it works really well is if the house is livable. Now you had, you had to do a couple of things we'll talk about, but it was, it was pretty much retail ready. So it could mm -hmm. pass a mortgage inspection and get financing, which is the key to do this technique. You got to be able to get a, a buyer's got to be able to get a loan to purchase your property. You were able to secure the contract on this for what, around 344 or a little bit under that? Yeah. So when we originally had under contract, it was like, we got to like 365, right? But there okay. was, as I explained later, there was a lien on the property, um, a solar lien that didn't get paid off. So we were able to renegotiate it later to 344. The, the first option was, should we wholesale, right? That's the yeah. quickest thing you can do. Is that worth our time? We send it out to our buyers list and our buyers list in Utah is like, 20,000 people. So we, we have a ton of buyers and most of the buyers were looking at it and they're like, you know, we'll give you 380 to 400,000. That was the kind of the range. Then they like negotiations further. They wanted it for less, right? Cause if you're going to flip this thing, it needed a lot of work, had a lot of things you wouldn't think of, right? Like the doors were bad. Electrical outlets like were old and yellow and funky. So you have all these little things that add up. Sometimes a dated house, it's the same as a gutted house almost, right? In other words, right. it looks kind of clean, but if you're going to go in there and do a normal rehab, you're replacing all of that stuff anyway. Everything goes because it's all old and busted. On the rehab calculation, it's a great big, you know, what, $80,000, $100,000 rehab. So the ARV on this was around 500, maybe 520. Right. You're getting it yeah. for 344, but at an 80 to $100,000 rehab, 
this thing almost doesn't even work at your number for a fix and flip. And this is very fascinating because this was an extremely profitable deal for you, but the numbers don't even work for a full blown fix and flip. A lot of flippers are banking on appreciation, right? They're like, well, yeah. maybe it'll go up over time and we're, we're not going to do that. Cause you're speculating now. Okay. So you decide you're going to keep this one, which means mm -hmm. now you have to purchase it. So now you're, you're looking at a 344 buy. You did a technique I teach, which I love that you did this, which is a combination of two different lending sources to get you to hundred percent financing. That way you're not out of pocket. When you taught me that at fast track, I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> it's a but game changer, he, right? Cause now you're, game not, changer. Yeah, you're not bringing money to the table, which is pretty neat. So guys, if you're listening right now, try to pay close attention to this. Nathan, what he did is he did a hard money loan at 90%, right, Nathan? It was 85 to 90 that the hard money lender brought. Okay, so hard money funded the majority of it, but you were short that 10, 15% or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And now normally you would have to come out of pocket. You'd have to put that, whatever amount that is, 50 grand or whatever into the deal. And now your money's, you got money tied up in the deal. Not everybody can do that if you don't have capital around. So how did you cover that difference? Where'd you get that? So I put out a social media post. I printed out that packet you got in Flipster. And I said, who am I going to, who's got my money, right? Who am I going <laughs> to talk to? First time I've ever done this. You can say I got lucky. My dad was like, hey, you know, your grandparents just have a hundred K or whatever, just sitting in their bank account, making no interest. And I was like, let me hit them up. So I went to them and I said, Hey guys, I've already raised 85, 90%. I only need 15 to 10%. I told them I give them a 10% return on their money. And they're like 10% versus, you know, no percent. Yeah. They're like, okay. They were a little worried. They're like, how do we know our money's safe? They had a lot of questions, but your packet helped me answer all of them. Gave them 10% return. They were stoked when we closed on the deal, like two, two and a half months later. And they got, you know, $1,200, you know, not doing anything. The biggest thing, Nathan, and you did a great job of this is with private money, you really want to make that person feel comfortable in you, in the deal. It's now about the relationship with private money. Hard money, they don't care about you. They're just looking at the numbers. If it makes sense, they underwrite it. And that's their business model, but not private money. Private money is very relationship driven. So you have to do a really good job helping that person feel comfortable that their money's secure. It's safe. You know what you're doing. It's a good deal. How they're going to get paid back and all of that. And what I did is I showed them the deal. I said, hey, look, this house is worth right now if we just sold it, you know, 450, 460. I have it at this price. So your money... Yeah. No matter what, guys, it's backed in a great asset. Even in a second position, it's very protected because you've got so much equity on the deal. So I have that conversation. One of the interesting things, Nathan, is uh, you'll run into this, is let's say I'm borrowing 50000 like kind of like your deal, and mm -hmm. it's the private money side on the balance, that, that 10 15%. They'll say, well, I don't really like being in a second position. And I'll say, no problem. If you want to be in the first position, then you put up the 300000 and you can have first position and they'll say, well, I don't have 300,000. I said, well, that's, that's why, you know, it was really cool. Like I have a good relationship with my title company here in Utah. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to fill out this paperwork. So I told the lady we work with Christina, I said, Hey, I really don't know what to do. She said, don't worry. I'll get it all ready for you. Just tell me how much they're lending. Title, yeah, title is awesome. Yeah. So for, for me, I've been doing this for, you know, almost four years now, first time getting private money, like four years, almost four years into it nervous well because this is my, my grandparents money i want to make sure they're yeah. taken care of and it was very smooth very yeah. easy so awesome okay so you got into the deal you're 100 percent financed now you're on the clock right because you borrowed money so now the clock's mm -hmm. ticking on interest you got a couple things you need to do so what do you need to do to this property to get it ready to relist 
first thing we did is I went in there and I said, look at all this junk. Look at all this stuff in here. So I had a guy that come and he bid me like a thousand bucks to trash it. And I was like, mm, let me look at this stuff a little bit more. And I looked at it and I saw like a freezer, some grills, some sheds. And I said, you know what? This stuff probably has value. Let's throw this up. And so I took a weekend. I think it was Thanksgiving weekend. And I just threw it up on Facebook and KSL and Craigslist. And within like three days, I'd sold like half of the stuff. And I was like, wow, that was super easy. So I had one of my employees just take it charge of it and start selling the yeah. stuff for me. And I gave him 50% of what he sold. Yeah. I said, Hey, you can keep 50%. So he ended up selling it. We ended up making like three grand yeah. and, um, on the stuff, which is great. You know, yeah. I didn't have to do it anymore because my employee did it. The stuff we couldn't sell. I hired my employees and said, Hey, I'll pay you like 300 bucks to go in there and just get a U-Haul and trash it. Got the U-Haul. They trashed it. Took them like a couple hours. And I ended up making $2,500 after having to pay 500 to trash it out. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I've never actually done it that way, which is a great idea. What I've done is I've gone to my uh, contractors and I'll say to them, I'll say, hey, if you just take everything out of there, even the stuff you don't want, you can have whatever you want. And then I basically just get them to do the trash out for free because they want a bed and they want a cabinet and they wanted this and that. For you, that's pennies, you know? I sold like a blender for like 10 bucks and I was like, <laughs> is that really worth my time? Maybe, maybe I shouldn't waste my time on that. Okay, so you got your you got your trash out done, made a little bit of money on that. And then you had to do a couple things to get this thing retail ready, list ready. So what, what were mm -hmm. the couple things you had to do? Yeah, so after we trashed it out, we hired a cleaning lady, like 200 bucks just to clean it. Yep. And then agents started bringing their buyers in and we went under contract. Our first one we went under contract was a cash offer at 490. And what'd you list it for? Four, it was 450. Okay. So you listed it for 450 and someone offered mm -hmm. 490. Yeah. They offered 490. So we're like, we yeah. have to do this. That's too good to be true. It's too good that we can't just give it a shot. So they yeah. said, give us a week. So then obviously 490 was way too good to be true. They, they tried to renegotiate it and we said, you guys are just messing around. You know what's happening? I'm having this happen a lot on my rehabs, my fix and flips. What happens is buyers are so worried about missing out that what they're doing is they're overbidding without even doing anything with an inspection. Then they buy themselves some time. They go in there, they think about it, they look at it, they inspect it, and then they want to come back and renegotiate. So they're using that high offer to lock it up and get rid of anybody, any other showings. But that's a common tactic right now buyers are doing. And it was frustrating, right? Because yeah. it wasted like a week of our time. We had two offers coming at 450. And then obviously you say, hey, highest and best. Set it up. And then yeah. one of them came in at 460 and we accepted. They came in, they said there was an earthquake straps on the water heater or something stupid yeah. like that. So we paid for that. And then they had some electrical that they wanted us to fix. Anyway, it was like a total of like $1,500, no, no biggie. I've got all your breakdown here and ransom numbers on a 460 sale. 344 purchase plus your you had some money on the trash out some cost on your punch list you had uh closing let's talk about how you did your commissions because this is genius guys you really want to be careful that you don't overspend on commission so nathan did a flat fee listing of how much nathan thousand dollars thousand bucks to get that baby on the mls genius love that that, that saved us a ton of money i meant the commission the 2.5 percent we paid to the buyer's agent was eleven thousand yeah. five hundred so we saved that much 
So let me tell you how we got that deal. One of our cash buyers that we're tight with, Nathan Worthen, shout out to Nate Worthen if he's watching. He's like, hey guys, I can just list any property you have for a thousand bucks to like maintain the relationship and help you out. So thousand bucks, you know, he did it. He did a great job. If you still paid out about 15 in closing between a couple thousand dollars, $2,500 in closing fees. Yep. So around 11, 12 or whatever in commissions. So about 15 in closing and commissions. Remember, you got carry now, carry financing. I'm I'm running around 16, 17,000 total between your hard money and your private money. Because what were you into the deal for? Around what? Two months or less? How long total? It was about two months. It was about yeah. two months, probably maybe two and a half. Yeah. So you got about two months of carry at hard money rates, and then your your private money wasn't very much. But then you mm. got to you got to subtract that out. But even still, at a 460, 344 purchase trash punch out closing commissions carry costs brings your net at still 80 almost 84 just under $84,000 on a right. full tail deal i mean nuts. amazing yeah just yeah. so cool and again guys i didn't really do anything to the property right yeah. like i the reason why i got such a good deal there was a problem the seller had a problem. She had, she inherited the property with a soul, uh, a lien on the property. She couldn't get it off and she couldn't, she couldn't sell to open door. They were like, Hey, we're going to buy this thing. You need to pay off the lien. She didn't have $47,000. So we were able to solve that problem by saying, Hey, we'll take it. We'll leave the money in escrow on the lien and we'll fight it. And then eventually we got to take it off. You solve problems, you yeah. make bigger money. Most of our big deals are from solving a big, pro like a problem. Wholesale deals of like 10, 15K, you know, there's not really a problem that they just want maybe speed or, but the big ones, there's usually like a tenant that doesn't want to get out and they're like, hey, look, just take it. And you're like, yeah. I'll take it, but I need it, this you know, time. better yeah. to go. This yeah. Time. If you think about that problem solving with her, you're, you're thinking out of the box a little bit. Why does a seller sell at a steep discount? It's always about that convenience, right? You're telling her we're cash. <laughs> We'll make it easy for you, cover closing fees as is. We're not going to ding you on inspections and stuff. And, and a motivated seller, they'll sell at that discount mostly because of that convenience that you're offering them that built in that unrealized equity that you were able to go get that. Yeah. So awesome deal, Nathan. Guys, leave a comment. Say, Nathan, you're a flipping genius. Super cool deal. Really proud of you, Nathan. So Appreciate glad that you were able to think outside the box of just a traditional assignment and make you know three, four times as much money doing that wholesale. Are you gonna be looking at doing more of those like that? 100%, I got two going on right now that we're doing the exact same thing on. Not only was that your biggest deal, but you've got another $76,000 right now in the pipeline closing this month, or was it this month or next this month? month. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, things are blowing up for us. Like last week, I'm just talking about the 86K deal, but we actually made like $110,000 last week. A lot of stuff is rolling in now and uh, it's wholesales, it's wholesales. It's coming from everywhere. It's really cool. Nathan, that's really exciting to see all that you've got going on. You're a flipping genius and I'm super excited for you. Thank you for taking the time to break this deal down for us. Appreciate it, man. Yeah.